0: Good day my friends, welcome to the Remarkable Man Show, the show to inspire men to live remarkable lives. I'm your host, Dwayne Klassen, and I'm so glad you're here today. So please pay it forward by subscribing, liking, commenting on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other 12 platforms that we're on. You can also watch the video version on YouTube. And while you're there, smash that like button, hit the bell notifications, and share the show with a couple of friends you know that could benefit. The world needs remarkable men. Take a stand for your life and be one of them. Okay, so let's get to today's show and our special guest. But before I do the intro, I just want to give you a little bit of context first. I met Jay through a mutual friend a couple months ago. And when I saw what he was up to, I knew I wanted to have him on the show. And as you know, a big part of being a remarkable man is being a hero to your children, if you have them. So this episode is going to be of special interest to the dads out there, because there's not a whole lot of resources out there for dads. But my guest is doing something about it. Jay Rook is the founder of Gonzo Parenting, a comedic and cathartic Facebook community to help parents laugh and heal with like-minded moms and dads. He's a writer, healer, and mentor who thinks that the biggest challenge of child rearing is doing the personal work necessary to become the parents we want to be. His podcast teaches how to embrace conscious parenting as a transformational tool to heal ourselves. He's also a former attorney, restaurateur, and personal development coach. He lives with his wife and six-year-old twins, boy and girl, in Sonoma, California. He can often be found enjoying time with his family in the middle of telling a really good story or making a delicious meal. So, there you have it. There's the lowdown for Jay Rook. So, let's go. Gentlemen, the world needs remarkable men. This is your time, and this is your show. I'm your host, Dwayne Klassen, and welcome to the Remarkable Man Show. Yes, gentlemen, this is your time and this is your show. Welcome to the Remarkable Man Show. And I'm so pleased to have Jay on this program. We were talking earlier, uh, the last couple of weeks, and we knew this had to happen. Jay, welcome to the Remarkable Man Show. So glad you're here. Dwayne, thank you
1: so much for the opportunity. I really look forward to connecting with you and your listeners today.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great. We're going to be on fire. Before we get into you, what you're working on and what you're bringing to the world, What has been your most remarkable experience thus far?
1: Ooh, that's a challenging one. Uh, I'm going to have to go opening a restaurant in 2011. Whoa. Uh, Yeah. 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 I used to be uh, an attorney, hated practicing law and I left law and went to culinary school and I always wanted to do my own something or other and, uh, an opportunity popped up and I, and I had the chance for it and, uh, uh, went for it.
0: How, how did it go?
1: As I jokingly tell friends, it turned into an involuntary nonprofit pretty quickly. (laughs) And uh, I I, I, uh, lost my hand at the poker table, if you will. But uh, I learned a ton and, you know, still one of those exhilarating things that I I look back on and daydream uh, from time to time. Uh, But also being in restaurants now and enjoying myself, I'm so happy to not be in the industry.
0: No doubt. Yeah. Well, nothing like diversifying yourself.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: All right, so now you've gone on to a completely different trajectory and one that is really close to my heart and close to what we do here at The Remarkable Man Show and with The Remarkable Man Project. And you are dialing deep with fathers, sons, children, essentially, and give us a little bit of the backstory on how this became part of your your new path.
1: Thank you, I appreciate the opportunity. So. Uh, for those that are unaware, uh, Gonzo Parenting is uh, the community that I've kicked off. It's gonzoparenting.com. And where it came about was uh, uh, I'm the father of seven year old boy girl twins. And I was raised uh, an only child by a single mother. So, like, my home was very quiet growing up, and I had very, very limited exposure. Uh, to rearing children and then all of a sudden i find myself uh you know as most dads i think do in kind of the greatest challenge of our lives and i realized how ill-equipped i am to kind of navigate that journey i haven't had a ton of fathering modeled for me and uh, even if i did uh, things are radically different today than they were 44 years ago right uh, when i was born and the the more I, i started to talk to other parents The more I realized how many people were were sort of uh, suffering silently or uh, feeling shame about not enoughness and not wanting to share uh, those feelings of overwhelm or isolation. But I noticed that the more I kind of put little feelers out there, the more it would tease others to share their experience. And all of a sudden, this community was kind of born where uh, it's all about kind of coming as you are and, you know, warts and all and sharing your right now parenting experience uh, and getting that additional support
0: from others. Right, and so we are talking about the Sons Becoming Fathers community, and what what has been the response on that so far?
1: Yeah, so very exciting. So so that it's our first uh, sort of experiential offering that we've put together in the Ganso right. Parenting Community, and so it's uh, Sons Becoming Fathers, be, uh, be the Dad You Wish You Had, and it's a five-week I love course. love tagline. Thank you, appreciate that, yeah. I, I think it's one of the things that we can all uh, resonate with, I think all, one yeah. of the things of becoming a parent is that you realize your parents did the best that they could um and, and and so uh how do we take those personal development steps to show up as the dad that we want to be and kind of identifying some of those main areas of either change or growth or evolution or what healing do we need to do and uh, you know the the most uh, common feedback i've received is people saying wow this is this is so needed i don't see this really else in the marketplace in many spots and so uh, how do we put together these community of dads that are doing this personal work that's, that's necessary?
0: Fantastic. I wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive uh, prior to you coming on to the, the program because I knew this would be a topic that would resonate with so many dads out there and a lot of sons as well uh, that are in fatherless homes. I quickly went through some stats that are out there in regards to fatherless homes and what the result is. 85% of youth in prison grew up in fatherless homes. Seven out of 10 in youth correctional facilities are coming out of a fatherless home. 39% of children in the US from grade one to 12 don't have a father in the home. And children of fatherless homes are twice as likely to drop out before graduation. And finally, 72% of Americans believe that the fatherless home is the most significant social problem facing the nation
1: did not know those stats that's powerful
0: it is it really is and i've seen this and and one, one of my taglines for the remarkable man project is heroes to children and when we were connected i went wow this is this needs to be out there so let's let's create a a podcast and address this issue jay you came from a fatherless home what was the impact there, because you you mentioned you know you're raising twins right now, didn't really have the owner's manual right. as to what that looked like. What was your experience being raised in a fatherless home? And I know you probably have a, an amazing mom doing double duty and whatnot, but what sure. was it like for you?
1: Yeah, and I, I guess some of the, you know the, the uh, high notes or, or, or no, low notes of, of that journey was, was a sense of of just general frustration or differentness or right. seemingly you know being less than out of the gate as far as uh, oh, I don't have the same uh, nuclear home structure as some of my peers, and how does that make me different? Um, and and then as it comes time, I think uh, if we think about evolution, whether that's early years of development or puberty or manhood of things of that nature, right? Uh, trying to figure out where am I anchoring myself as a man, uh, but not exactly having you know those touch points as readily uh, accessible, and and so sitting in the frustration or the searching of that, and and I think for You know for most uh kids that went through this experience it's it's sort of a um, lifelong hole in many ways that you one's just trying to plug in uh as, as they go through life unless we're able to get out of the subconscious and have awareness around it and see some of those those drivers and so um i i think you know those are some of the challenging areas i think where there's some positives to it is that um i didn't get inherited you know with necessarily a negative Uh, fathering platform and kind of get to make things up as I go now but again also challenging I don't really know the the uh, the lay of the land
0: as much right and so on your on your website you talk about the utter fuckery of parenting yes (laughs) go into that a little bit (laughs)
1: please yeah so I I mean I'm one of those you know type a high achievers push myself really hard I've done lots of things in life uh, and nothing has challenged me the way that this has, and mm. um, you know, for being a father, and and I think it's the ultimate personal development course, possibly even more so than entrepreneurship, because your kids are able to kind of identify wherever you haven't done the work, and and it comes to the surface. Um, but as far as the utter fuckery goes, it's just uh, just constantly being overwhelmed, stressed mm. out, uh, you know, threadbare, and and I think our modern culture we've done a poor job of assimilating what parenting looks like as a lifestyle and many of us are trying to keep our former uh professional and corporate lives intact while adding parenting onto it versus somehow better integrating uh, the two or 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 taking more social change steps and uh, one final thing i'll throw onto this is so many of us have moved away from our parents uh, and families and gone to different parts of the country or the world. Right. And the challenge of um, you know, raising children without that familial support uh, to just have nights off or that extra firepower uh, is noteworthy as well.
0: With your experience raising children that are with a dad that's evolving, learning, and growing, to the dads that are out there and they're listening, they still haven't healed the wound that they have with their father or the lack of father and and the program that came with that is it possible to put that all aside and raise the child without that energy will the child pick that up like hey wait a minute you don't have a great relationship with grandpa what's the deal or maybe grandpa never gets mentioned what has been your experience or the men that you've worked with what are they saying
1: yeah I, I don't know if it's dodgeable, and I, I kids are so perceptive, you know whether yeah. you, I think we can try to hide it as much as we want to, but they know exactly what's going on, perhaps even better than we do in that moment because they're so true. You know, they're still tapped into their intuition and everything. and so I think it's there, and I, I think. You know, so I was chatting with somebody the other day, and they said there's there's almost no way to raise our children without harming them to some degree. It's kind of like a rite of passage of being a parent. You know, there's none of us are perfect, and so that's going to get passed on at some point in time in some way. But if from an early stage on we can create a uh, container and a family culture and a dialogue around, hey, Dad doesn't fully know what he's doing all of the time, but I promise to come from you know love, kindness, and compassion. And when I drift from there, I'm going to own it and talk about what happened then. Uh, too, so that uh, the kids are growing up, being able to be conversant in that aspect of their own relationship with me and whatever those things are in life and not growing up feeling like this is a taboo uh, subject to discuss or to look into, because, you know, how can we not be influenced by you know the, the, the primary people that brought us into the world, whether they uh, stayed or not or somewhere in between?
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I've talked about this many times at length where... You've got the dad, and his relationship with his dad isn't healed, and he's trying to to be super dad to his child. It, it never works. It truly doesn't. And you hit the nail on the head because they are so incredibly perceptive. Yeah. Is there, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I
1: was just saying that part of what I, I uh, get, I don't know what the word is. Uh, Triggers the wrong word, but I feel bad for others when they're caught in that loop around not being able to catch it and trying to be the super dad, because they're constantly operating from this place of uh, the water's coming out of the bottom of the bucket, and unless I'm constantly up leveling myself all the time, twenty four seven, then I'm not good enough for me, and I'm not good enough for my kids, and for me, those are the dads that are the the most overwhelmed, that then have you know more of the uh a patient's issue or something like that because they are so tapped out and threadbare thin and it's just crappy modeling for our kids to say unless you're pushing yourself 24 7 and always you know you're not enough
0: right and i i know with a lot of moms that are single moms they suffer from the guilty mom syndrome Dude. do dads go through that as well
1: i think that for sure um nope. I, I think if we look at just how we're hardwired gender wise and if we you know, make a broad generalization here which is you know the men are going to be more on the protective uh watch the uh the horizon end of the spectrum and the mother's a little bit more on the the, the softness and the the tenderness but I, I, you know everyone's a, a blend of that in between but I, I think uh i think the dad guilt is there and i think it shows up in different ways and and if we look at, at his example around Uh, how do men feel worth in society? You know, it's oftentimes more around social status, uh, corporate status, the type of money one is bringing in. And hey, am am I doing enough to protect and provide for my family? And I think when those puzzle pieces aren't as intact, it's really harder, I think, for men to identify with the self-esteem of let's call it just purely love-based parenting which i think in general moms are much more okay with They're like hey this is what i'm supposed right. to be doing i'm keeping my kid alive and he or she feels soft and love and the dad's like okay i gotta be thinking two steps ahead and what do we do for this um so so i think when that's not there uh i think dad's just struggle to anchor a little bit more around identifying with that uh, self-identity of, of dad and that's enough right
0: right so with your own personal experience, how were you able to broach the subject like grandpa's not in your life or wasn't a strong uh, role model for you? What has been the conversation there?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's like um, uh, when your kids ask you about sex for the first time, you don't see it coming. And so, right. you know, all of a sudden, you know, my, my son, I think he was four or something like that says to me, you know, hey, you know, where's your grandpa? And why isn't he here? And I was just like, oh, crap, did not picture this one coming into play this this early in the the life cycle. Um, so, I'm sorry, you were asking how it's played out.
0: Yeah, like well, yeah, how, yeah. how did it, how was it broached, and and how did you play that out?
1: Yeah, kind of by surprise. Uh, so, yep. so, not not particularly deliberately. And I, and I would say for uh, anyone that might be in that spot where they haven't had that conversation with their kids yet, to just give some thoughts on what that rough framework is going to look like. You know, you're not going to nail it perfectly uh, by any means, but you know, better than being uh, blindsided by it. Uh, but I think it's an open conversation around helping kids understand how many different ways there are to be in the world and what the realities are. Right. And, um, you know, let's be honest. If I, I also don't want to model for my kids that uh, a mommy and a daddy have to stay together no matter what, if it's turning into a toxic and unhealthy home and relationship, and saying, hey, it's okay that sometimes people don't stay together and they figure out other ways uh, to do it. And I think. You know, um, if we look at the family constants of, of 30, 40 years ago, they're very, very different than they no are question. now. And yep. so just trying to use this as an entryway to the the whole conversation in general versus that fixed mindset of it needs to be a, a male dad and a, a female mom and we stay home together and yada yada.
0: Was your situation, uh, your dad had left you early in life or, or we, he just wasn't there? Like what age were you when dad left?
1: Yeah. So my, my parents went through a, a hardcore sort of one of those courtroom blowout divorces uh, in my early years of life uh, that then turned into uh, you know, custody battles back and forth that then turned into you know my mom getting custody. And I think my dad just kind of saying, listen, I keep trying on this. It's not working out. I'm just going to cut bait and uh, move on with, with life because this isn't working in the way that we're trying to do things uh, either. So that was my general experience. And then uh, connected with him uh, later in life, probably uh, late 20s, uh, early 30s, and uh, looked him up, and we we spent some time together. And it was what was that like? Uh, fascinating, you know, um, cathartic, and everything in between. And obviously, uh, everybody has two sides uh, to a story, so just interesting to see the other side of that. And I think you know one of the bigger things was um, being able to drop some of my. Uh, hatred, frustration, resentment at him for not being there when I felt I most needed a dad, and realizing, hey, you know, these are life things, and and this is what goes on, um, but not necessarily a personal uh, moral flaw or like something that was done personally uh, right. against me. And-
0: did any of the any of the story change? Not getting his perspective and having having the story you had all through your youth and early in life, and did any of that story change when you met him?
1: Yes. So it's a good question. I'd say a lot of the main thread remained the same, but his experience of it was radically different. So you could imagine mm. a couple goes out for dinner and they, they both, you know, one breaks up with the other and, Hey, how'd dinner go? And the one that got dumped is like, it was awful. And I'm sad. And I got crushed. The other one's like, Hey, I feel liberated and back to normal. The shared experience is that they both went to dinner, but the, their uh, outcomes were radically different. And so hearing that, that other side of things where There was certainly points in time where uh, I'd hear another side of the story and say, yeah, you know, that that makes sense to me. I could picture that aspect playing out that way. And um, I I think especially now that I'm older and let's call it more emotionally involved, just being able to understand with better nuance what that dynamic was between my parents and why things didn't work out and uh, how it all played out versus being younger and kind of not being able to to solve that and just being stuck at, well, well, why don't mom and dad love each other? And now I'm, I'm less without Right.
0: Yeah. So many children take on the guilt that it's their fault. You know, mom and dad are now, Oh, they're arguing again. Oh, dad left. Oh, it's gotta be my fault. Mm -hmm. And so they take that program throughout their lives and wonder why their relationships are what they are. And even when the father is absent, that program, shows up in every boy's life as to how he shows up in his relationships, unless he's doing the work. And sadly, there's a lot of men out there that aren't doing the work. They're just unconscious. And they're wondering why their relationships are the way they are. And it's rinse and repeat. What's going on? And when they look back, they, during doing shadow work or or going deep, they start to realize that, hey, wait a minute. I've got an unconscious program of abandonment, or it could be any any degree of that. Sure. And then what ends up happening is they will take that energy into the relationship and somehow, and both men and women do this, whereas they will toxify the waters unconsciously yeah. so that the other one goes, I'm fed up, I'm done. You're you're not, you're not getting the program. We've been working on this for years and you keep doing what you keep on doing. And then she goes, I'm done. And, they, and then he's got a story. See, they all leave anyway.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Totally. And then the whole hurt people, hurt people. There it uh, is. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. And a, a coach of mine that I work with a lot talks about uh, one's relationship with their father also uh, oftentimes mirroring their ability to have a relationship with whatever higher power they believe in and their relationship with money. And uh, so right. I see that play out to be uh, true as well.
0: Wow. So with the young men listening and they're they're going to be fathers or they plan to be fathers, what would you suggest to them in regards to preparing for that eventual day, knowing that they might have these programs running?
1: Right, right. Yeah, totally. So, so uh, one of the things that I always lean back into is I I do not give any parenting advice, given that it's my first time around, type of thing, I don't consider myself the expert in that at all. But what I have spent uh, a lifetime of doing is the the personal development. Great course.
0: disclaimer, by the way.
1: <laughs> Thank you, appreciate that. And so my my take on it is, uh, uh, what's the line? Uh, Mike Tyson's, everyone's got a plan, and then they get punched in the face. There's like no way to prepare <laughs> for for parenting, in my experience, as far as prepping your parenting skills. However, doing the personal work that you need to, to be showing up the way that you want to, in my opinion, is the strongest lever to becoming a better dad, mom, uh, partner, etc. And the sooner you can do it, the better, because it's a lifelong gift unto yourself anyway. So it's never going to be wasted time. It's, it's going to pay off in every other avenue. Um, if you're thinking about having kids and aren't there yet, no brainer to you going on this stuff. It's going to make it easier if you're in the, the thick of it. Uh, also great. You know, the, the uh. I think the Chinese proverb of the best time to plant the tree was yesterday. The second best time is today. And so, you know, get going on the work and in doing it. Uh, And to think about just what makes sense to you as far as most of us have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and years upon years of higher education and trading and certifications for stuff that, you know, maybe it's just an average marketing coordinator job that you have. That's kind of whatever. But then we take on the biggest role of our lives. And the best we do is read a few blogs or listen to a few podcasts uh, about how to be a dad. And so what I'd say is uh, consider an, an invitation to uh, be deliberate about creating the fatherhood path that you want for yourself and not letting it be uh, just a de facto thing that happens in life where, hey, now I'm a dad and then life keeps flowing on. Like, like Take it as seriously as you did the other stuff. And I think the rewards uh, will pay out much better as well.
0: Hey my friends, I'm just chiming in here quick to give you a heads up on an exciting new program launching on April 7th. It's the Remarkable Man Inner Circle 90 day group coaching program. Do you feel like you've lost some of your edge? Are you frustrated in your relationship or your dating? Are you doing the lone wolf thing and you wish you had a brotherhood that truly had your back? Do you want an accountability system to help push you encourage you and kick your butt when you need it. In this 90-day program, you'll utilize powerful accountability tools, clear unconscious programs that hold you back, and the system to help you go from the man you are now to discovering the remarkable man you want to be. I only have a limited number of spots available. Doors are closing on April 5th. So go to DwayneClassen.com forward slash MR Coaching Program to register now. As well, get your free copy of my groundbreaking book, The Remarkable Man, Champions the Women, Heroes to Children, and Brothers to Each Other. Get your free PDF copy today at DwayneClassen.com. I love what you said there about being deliberate, uh, really being deliberate, because we're typically, especially when it comes to fatherhood and being a new parent, it, it's just you know, oh, I'll learn through osmosis. I will just, you know, I'll pick up, you know, how hard can it be? Right, right. And then like you, it's like, holy crap, you know, you're learning on the fly here. Yes. But by taking- the stakes ta- are so high. Yeah, the stakes are huge. And by being very deliberate about how you want to show up in this world, how you want to show up for your beloved, how much, how you want to show up for your children, and what does that look like? I even look at it as, okay, in the early years, this is how I'm going to show up. And and from four till eight, I'll show up this way and and, and on. In his teens, well, I got to recalibrate. I got yeah, to do this and see how that goes. With your sons becoming his father's community, this to me is where a lot of men can truly benefit from. Because having that sense of community, having that sense of, okay, I can share here like, and I can... I can get real or I, 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 as, as much as they're learning, they might have some, some gifts. They might have some fatherly advice that they can share as well. Give us a little more insight of what they would experience and in, inside that community.
1: I think the biggest part of it is uh, starting to counter that isolation. Uh, and, and I think moms are so much better about partnering around motherhood than dads are around fatherhood. Right. right. And so in my experience, you know, most guys once uh you know your partner becomes pregnant you can say goodbye to all your single friends they'll text you for a few months but then once you stop responding that that goes away and then uh I, I think many dads you know just kind of fall into this isolation of being at home they're trying to do the right things but they're not getting their cup filled as far as connection and they're not connecting around the overwhelming struggles of parenting the same way that the moms are so then it turns into well hey this must just be a me problem and now right. i fall farther down the hole Uh, and if we go back to this community, I I think part of it is just being able to show up and blow off steam someday and be like, you know what, quite honestly, I miss grabbing beers with the guys or playing video games or a weekend road trip whenever I wanted to. And, uh, I spent seven hours driving for little league, uh, stuff on Sunday and, you know, back to the the traveling teams and whatnot. So part of it is just that, that ability to show up and and blow some steam off. And then the other is, is starting to recognize around, oh, wait, this isn't just me. And lots of guys are going through this, which takes some of the the blame or self Chris smuff. I think most guys will resonate when I say we're, we're way too hard on ourselves all of the time. And so this is another opportunity to let off some of that steam around, uh, you know, taking that heavy field pack off your back and realizing, wait, you know, how do I fall back into being me and watch other guys do the same. And, uh, there's a great book by Alan Deutschman, uh, called change or die. And the basic premise of it is that unless we, uh, engage in a community or another group to do some of our personal change work the stats are off the charts likely that we're just going to kind of stay put and so all of a sudden we can start to see another guy that oh like uh hey you put on 20 pounds after fatherhood but i see you've lost some of that and are starting to work out how did you do that or how did you xyz and um i think the final thing i'll say on this is, is that having children is not just an extension or continuation of your prior life where you've added one thing in it's it's you've got to completely break the mold and rebuild life from scratch and going back to that deliberate point i think a lot of us don't do that so right how do we sit in a container and deliberately blow up what we've got going on and then say okay how do i want to rebuild this and then with the um you know the mind hive if you will of all the other dads that also are smart and creative and doing cool stuff and sharing those techniques
0: what has been your uh, feedback from your wife, and uh, what what does she think of this trajectory you're on? Loves it. Uh, she you know
1: she's one of those awesome cheerleaders that's just consistently supportive uh, of what I'm doing, and I, I think she loves the the leaning in to my fathering around this and and being deliberate about it. And in many ways, uh, you know, if I'm being a, a transparent and and uh, vulnerable and selfish here the process helps me as well because it forces me to lean in and, you know, keep up with my own personal work around this. If I'm going to be making it something that I'm helping uh, facilitate with others and leaning into. And it also um, takes pressure off on me as far as if my community is all about authenticity and vulnerability, then I also get to show up on my not best days and talk about what that's like in the moment versus hiding and just showing the community the best version of me after I've gone through the processing and the work and,
0: That'll be. That's powerful. A lot of us want to show up, uh, and especially when we are in leadership roles, that we've got our shit all figured out. It's that's not the case, and typically, you get that lean in, and you get that enrollment, uh, simply because wow, you went there, which gives me permission to go there, and so you set the benchmark, and which is fantastic. And the other thing you said too is that your wife really is appreciative of what you're creating here and she she respects it and she's really your uh, a fan of what you're doing and for a lot of men out there they you said it earlier how the you know the children come or the the marriage happens and they just let go of all their buddies and they just they become myopic in the relationship and that's not what she really wants yeah she's sure she wants you to show up as as a a loving husband and a, and a good father but have a life, gentlemen. Yeah. She truly wants you to have your thing. And a lot of women that I've come to know and a lot of the wives and girlfriends of the men that I work with, a lot of them are going, oh, good, you're, you're working with Dwayne now or you're going to the Remarkable Man Project. Good. It's your night. Go. And they're really fans of the men's... Uh, development and men's work mm-hmm. and so don't be afraid of joining a, a, a group that supports men and uplifts men because that's what they want too from you
1: yes I, I, you were asking earlier what's the feedback men, and, and from a lot of the uh moms i've heard something to the effect of you know i watch my husband kind of walk around with his heart and his hands all of the time these days or right. a fallen soldier and he's kind of lost his mojo and like you said you know they they want that back and going back to this whole fathering thing, most of us, I think, uh, forged our relationship with our own masculinity around whatever our relationship with our father was. So as we're at this you know, interesting crossroads of time of, of healthy and toxic masculinity, again, being deliberate about this and saying, how do I step in and own what is, you is know, DNA-driven me and get that, that mojo and flow back so that um, I'm not showing up in a martyr or codependent role in my relationship
0: right and a lot of men are doing that and to their own demise yeah. and we have got to have that conversation around uh brotherhood and a lot of men have this stoic energy about or or the romanticizing of the lone wolf yes you know and we think the lone wolf is got this incredible mystery and power to him but in the real world, out in nature, the lone wolf has been shunned. He's been cast out. And most lone wolves don't survive three seasons. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the truth. But it right. just got this, you know, Hollywood narrative to it, and guys kind of latched onto it. It's like, yeah, I'm just a lone wolf. Right. Well, that doesn't work anymore, gentlemen. Yeah. We've got to be in a brotherhood to truly have each other's back. And, it's hilarious yeah. to
1: me how it, it's okay to bear that badge of lone wolfiness and going through all of the suffering by the way the right. suffering not only for yourself but that is going to boomerang around to your family because you haven't kept your own cup full versus the uh courage to lean in once and do the work on the front end and and not viewing it as quitting or, or hey I'm, I'm broken and need fixing it's like hey let's build up this muscle and get it strong the way you want to so you can do what you want to in life with it right
0: For the the gentlemen that are out there, their fathers have passed on and there's no chance of healing. Do you know of any modalities or anything with the experience you've had or gentlemen that have been in in your sphere on how to heal those wounds so that he can parent properly even though dad isn't even on this earth anymore?
1: Yeah, a a, a few. And I I think we're we could almost do a judo flip on this and make it be a a positive instead of a detriment. Let's pretend one didn't exactly have a great channel with their dad while they were around or a communication channel. Uh, This can be a time to kind of sit and dial in and get with uh, his cleanest essence, if you will, without some of those prickly things that were around, right? You know, you you guys might've butted heads in growing up or whatever it might be. Um, And and so I, I feel like some of those inner child exercises around sitting and finding yourself at that age and then thinking about one's past father and having a conversation between the two of them around what do I need now from you or what's going on for you or what do you wish for me? And I I think leaning in and going uh, and doing that work is some of that multi-generational trauma healing that we can do where we're healing not only our relationship and wounds with our father, whether he be uh, present or past, but also with our child and kind of live time, cleaning everything up. If you can go extra, uh, woo woo and believe, you know, that the time's not linear and it's all compressed into one moment Then uh, doing that healing really helps serve, uh, everybody. And, uh, I think making it be ceremonial and not just something mm, that we check like off that. the box as like a common, um, therapy conversation or something like that, you know, it's it's big, heavy foundational stuff. So take the time to go out into the woods or, you know, Go to the ballpark that you and your dad always used to go to and like really lean into whatever that might be and i think the final thing i'll say to this is creating what your intention is coming out of the process and that might look like letting go of some old funk it might look uh, look like healing and forgiving both our father and ourselves and then one of the things that i've always loved is Um, Our ancestors didn't just pass on their wounds. They also passed on their gifts and talents to us. And so what things do we want to take from uh, that father as well that is foundational to
0: us? That's a great point that there is, it's it's not all negative. There there are some good aspects and we may not have experienced it, but they're there and they're in our genes, they're in our DNA. And you also touched on forgiveness and a lot of men Get trapped, or they stop in their tracks when it comes to forgiveness, especially if the wounds are incredibly deep and there's a lot of shame, guilt, and and possibly abuse that occurred. But I'll I'll say this is that if you can get to a place of forgiveness, and of course it's going to require work, it's going to be it's going to require perhaps uh, help outside of yourself. You're not going to get it in a in a book or a, a podcast and. And expect yourself to just sw- switch and change. And a lot of men think that if I forgive, I've got to forget. And that's not the case. It's a forgiveness, though, if you can get to that place, it truly gives you your power back. And instead of externalizing it, because if you're still holding on to that resentment, still holding on to that pain, you're giving that situation the power. And it'll forever be your weakness and getting to that shift is so so incredibly important gentlemen Uh, jay when it comes to boys becoming fathers what is your your thought around rituals or rites of passage
1: yes i I, I like that um for me it's 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 twofold it's it's going back to what were the things that really stood out in in my um arc if you will or, or upbringing that I want to, um, recreate or things that I remembered as, oh, wow, this was a really big thing. You know, that, that first, uh, summer camp or the first hit in baseball, you know, th- those types of, of things. But what I like about the rituals is there's such going back to the utter fuckery of modern parenting. There's such busyness all the time that I think we need to be, um, uh, courageously protective of our time. And yeah. when we're not, we end up in this very reactive, the days bleed into each other. We're just checking the boxes on tasks and did the kids get to school and homework and now it's the lawn mode, et cetera. But when we can carve out those ritual moments, for me, that's um, a, a pillar of security that I lean into that life's okay and my family life is okay, even when the swirling is going on and life gets way busy. So as an example would be, uh, the kids and I will will set our intentions on the drive to school each day um doing check-ins in the morning around you know where right. are we at emotionally today um there's a company I'm, i wish i could promote them right now i'm blanking on the name of it but they they basically create a deck of conversation starter cards for you and your kids hmm. and so for all of us that come home and uh hey how was your day at school fine and then the conversation course, stops there yeah. we can't get another word out <laughs> of it and we're stymied because we want to connect with our kids but mm-hmm. don't know how uh, i found those types of ritualistic things um to help flow in a little bit better
0: nice what's your big vision for sons becoming fathers
1: well yeah i'd love for it to just grow out into a consistent rolling ongoing community that's a a year-long thing people can come and go uh as they need it um and like you said there's these these stages of parenting that change along the way so maybe this you know age two to four is really tough for you and you dip out a bit and maybe come back in in the seven um but what i envision is uh it kind of taking on some of its own life, where I picture other male members stepping up as almost community leaders and right. providing that additional support for each other. Um, I picture some masterminds coming out of it, some uh, annual retreat type of work, and uh, and it just being a, a place where we can, as fathers, say, you know, whatever the, the time frame is, I'm making up its two hours of every other week or something. Right. You know, hey, this is when I carve out to do my parenting time, and how. We wouldn't think anything different if I were to say, oh, I carve out two hours a week to go to the gym or I carve out two hours a week to to go journal. Uh, I I don't see much more important work than this for many dads. Um, So I I picture that rolling out and and then um, it's just building with more of the application. So uh, how do we go from theory to putting this stuff into practice? And here's a worksheet on this or here's an exercise for this type of thing um, and working through together that one.
0: You nailed it when you said in regards to the men actually taking these two hours and, and making it a priority. You're a dad, you know. Come on, men. Uh, get around a community. Get into a situation where you're with like-minded men. I can I can only see this being... A great experience you know it, it, it doesn't have to be serious it could be all the, the challenges and the, the pitfalls and the foibles of, of being a dad and screwing up and yeah. making a mess of things and not getting it right the first time totally. and then you share that within this community and it gives it gives the rest of them an opportunity to just breathe and and take this anecdotal moment and go well let's look at this for a moment so yeah, I can I can see that happening
1: Definitely. And, and and although, you know, our conversation has been more serious, uh, today, comedy and humor is a huge component of the community that we try to make forefront because, you know, who wants to go in and have this feel like a a proctology appointment we're going to look at, you know, your, your biggest wounds and and all cry together and go through a childhood trauma, et cetera. Uh, no, but you know, there's a little bit of cleanup that needs to be done. And then the rest of it is is fine tuning. And then that's where it gets a lot more fun. Um, and, and we get back into that mojo that I was talking about earlier.
0: Well, you bring that level of humor as soon as they go to the Gonzo Parenting, you're going to see that because you've you've got a comic strip that you've created.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
0: Tell us more about that.
1: So a mix of Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with Gonzo Journalism and Calvin and Hobbes uh, are kind of where the the merge inspirations for Gonzo Parenting. Basically, so 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 we started to think about how do we take some of these funny vignettes and stories of parenting and convert them into little snippets that people can laugh at, uh, and and can kind of serve to um, just go broader than our community and something that can be forwarded around to people, right. uh, et cetera. So we're trying to cap capture some of the snapshots of the funny moments of. Uh, of parenting you could imagine uh, the, the pain of stepping on a lego in the middle of the night barefoot or uh, spending 35 dollars for lunch when you're chilling and refuse to eat whatever came out of the kitchen even though they specifically picked it five minutes right. ago and uh, those, those types of things and so uh what i'm trying to do is is use humor to get people to laugh and smile to say you know let guard down a little bit and say this feels good this resonates with me um, but it resonates because there's a pain point involved. That's why it's funny right? Uh, as well. You know, most humor is a, a pain source underneath in many ways. And, and so how can we connect as dads, and especially at a time when we're so, so divided as, as people, saying, okay, we agree on this. And as dads the world, you know, you might like it if the world looks this way, and I might like it if it looks the way, but our kids have to share it, and we both agree that we want it to be more like this for both of our kids. So how do we start there and then build off of that?
0: Humor is the best medicine. It truly is. And I do, uh, I I thought the, uh, the, the strip was incredibly entertaining and I know a lot of dads out there would truly get the gist of it. Thank you. So my hat's off to you, Jay. Cheers, thank you. So Jay, before I let you go, and I can't believe the time is going so quickly here, what would be your remarkable dad tip for the the dads out there and regardless of their ages of their children what insight that you could share with them
1: yeah so i'll share you know what i'm personally working on because it'll vary for everybody obviously but you know your, your mileage will vary but what i got out of it was a crossover from wanting to be right and do my best mm. to realizing that none of that shit matters and that love is really what the kids are going to remember at the end of the day um and, and that's one that I consistently uh, go back and forth around having awareness around, we'll be okay, you know. we've got this Saturday plan, we need to do this prep by this time, and then this this way, and we can't have the house of mass. And, and trying to teach those things that are necessary for self-sufficiency and our own kids' growth and their evolution, but doing it less attached to the outcomes. And I think as uh, those of us that are, you know are striving to be responsible parents, We're scared shitless around screwing our kids up or having the conversation someday with our kid that says, you know, you didn't give me the tools I needed to navigate this world. And so I I think going back to that male, female, gender aspect, I think guys tend to be, your dad's tend to be skewed a little more towards that aspect of getting the parenting part right. right. And then I'd say, but dad's at what cost? and so you know then i know when it, me as as dad is barking and saying hey kids you know you're late there's crap all over the floor still you didn't put this away the homework isn't done uh and now everyone's yelling at each other and the energy's gone ugly uh what's a way i can step back step out of the room take a breath come back in and i, and I think my final remarkable dad tip coming out of this is that it's all an illusion. And so remembering mm-hmm. that what you're seeing in front of you that we you, you might want to judge as good or bad in this moment is all an illusion. And the golden thread, as far as I can tell, of parenting is creating a space where your kids constantly feel loved, safe, and appreciated by you, and, and everything else after that
0: is candy. Fantastic words, Jay. So where can uh, our listeners find you, Jay? And how can they find out more about sons becoming fathers? In the We'd community? love that.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. So uh, personally, I'm uh, at Rook R-O-O-K-E, on on all social media platforms. Ditto for uh, Gonzo Parenting as the brand. And for the Sons Becoming Fathers course, it kicks off uh, April 25th of this year and will go for five weeks. And so if they go to gonzoparenting.com slash sons, S-O-N-S, that'll have the whole program overview. And for those that might have uh, mom or parent communities that want to uh, promote it, there's a 40% affiliate uh, commission link at the bottom.
0: Fantastic. And I'll have all those links, everyone. If you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, go to the show notes. You can go to also to the Remarkable Man show uh, website to get all the show notes on Jay. And if you're watching on YouTube, just go below, click the link and you'll be able to reach out to Jay and what he's doing with Sons Becoming Fathers. Jay Rook, so glad to have you on The Remarkable Man Show, brother. I appreciate all you're doing and what you're up to.
1: I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience, and and I hope your listeners got uh, a lot out of today, and I really look forward to connecting with you. Thank you for what you're doing for men and dads. That's really important.
0: Thanks, brother. All right, everyone, thank you for being here on The Remarkable Man Show. Be good to yourself, and remember, you're not alone on the journey. I've got your back. Have the best day. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Remarkable Man Show. If you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to the remarkablemanshow.com. Subscribe on iTunes and YouTube for the video version. Now get out there and be remarkable.